Matt Whitaker, former U.S. Acting Attorney General. This is such a great conversation about America, our future, what's going to save our republic. We have a great football player. Matt Whitaker is here. Matt. They tried to bury me. They didn't realize I was a C. Former Acting U.S. Attorney General. Under President Trump. I'm going to be an unwavering supporter of law enforcement. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with your host, Matt Whitaker. Welcome to Liberty and Justice. I'm your host, Matt Whitaker. We're back for another exciting week. I have joining me today uh, a good friend and South Dakota's Attorney General, Marty Jackley. How are you, my friend? It's great to be with you again, Matt. Well, you know, we, we've got a lot of miles together. <laughs> I was just, we were U.S. attorneys together. It seems like so long ago. Um, and you've gone on now to serve with great distinction in your home state of South Dakota. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of Americans look to places where you're from and where I'm from, Iowa and South Dakota, as where conservatism is working um, and where the rule of law still matters. Why don't you tell me a little bit about kind of your priorities as you're heading into this new year and and uh, I think your second uh, stint as the state's attorney general. Yeah, I mean, obviously you and I uh, were blessed to be able to serve together as United States attorneys, which had prepared me well to be an attorney general. And so I spent about a decade as South Dakota's attorney general, went back into the private sector for four years. And then because we had some circumstances here in South Dakota, I came back as attorney general. So this is technically my fourth term as attorney general. Uh, priorities are obviously you know, heavy in law enforcement. Uh, we've got some violent crime issues, addiction that we're dealing with here in South Dakota. Today, I just had an opportunity to testify to a truth and sentencing bill. Uh, the nice part of being South Dakota's attorney general, uh, you know, we, we, are, we have a Republican governor, we have a very conservative legislature. So we're doing good things here in South Dakota. The focus is on protecting our law enforcement officers, addressing that violent crime issue. You know, we've got some other good things going, protecting consumers, some some privacy stuff. And so uh, I've enjoyed being attorney general. It pays a little less, but it's a great job. Yeah. I was just yesterday, I gave a speech to the National Narcotics Officers Association Coalition, I think is what it's called, uh, in Washington, D.C. And, and, you know, I would have to say, uh, you know, I, as U.S. attorneys, we worked a lot with drug task forces and the HIDAs and and uh, I think you and I served on the Haida board together. Um, and I just, I, I, felt, I felt like they were a little demoralized. I felt like the war on drugs and drug enforcement agents generally are a little demoralized, mostly because of the fentanyl overdoses and drug overdoses <laughs> generally taking so many of our citizens. I assume you're seeing the same challenges in South Dakota and, and I'm sure that uh, your response is both innovative and also probably more effective than we're seeing in some other places around the country. You know, you, you mentioned the Haida board that we served on, of course, as attorney general, we're, we're still engaged in that. We have great federal partnerships. I will tell you that it, what we see in the Midwest, and I think we see it all over the country, is our the lack of control of our Southern borders where all the drugs are coming in is affecting all of the United States. And we haven't had a meth lab in South Dakota for three years, uh, but we, we have tremendous amount of meth coming in, large amounts of arrests, uh, we have got to address it here uh, with prevention and treatment, 
Uh, and then it would be nice if the federal government would address our border situation so that we can get control of the drugs that are coming in. Yeah, and you're spot on. I mean, that southern border, uh, the cartels have figured out how to manipulate the United States asylum uh, system to throw bodies at the border to divert resources uh, that would otherwise be doing interdictions and and drug uh, seizures. And, you know, ultimately, uh, that's how they're getting a lot of this um, poison into our country. It's, it's, it's sad. You know, we've lost too many citizens. I think a lot of the policies that are dr dramatically increasing this challenge are coming from Washington, D.C. and the Biden administration. I know you probably have joined a lot of your colleagues in some of the pushback on this administration. Is there anything in particular um, that you're enjoying working on or, or working together with your fellow attorneys general around the country? You know, obviously, the especially the Republican attorney generals were close. Uh, we work hand in hand, typically on Second Amendment issues. Uh, the life issue has been at the forefront. Uh, I just had an opportunity uh, with respect to the Missouri attorney general had done a letter that 20 of us signed on to interesting a couple of the U.S. attorneys that you and I both served with, Drew Wrigley up in North Dakota, along with Tim in Arkansas. Basically, the federal government and the FDA has taken a position, as well as a postal service, that they're able to mail in abortion drugs. And of course, here in South Dakota, when the Dobbs decision came down, we're a very pro-life state. We had a trigger law that in 2005 said that when the federal government gave that power back to the states, that abortions would be illegal except for the health of the mother. And yet we have a federal government that through the FDA, as well as the Postal Service, is really ignoring our state laws. And so we took a stand. 20 of us told the federal government that we were going to enforce our state laws and that life was sacred here. And uh, had an opportunity also with our governor, Kristi Noem, uh, to point out to some of the national pharmaceutical companies that while the federal government is saying you can do this, be aware that state law, we're, we're separate. We have an opportunity to enforce laws. And it's actually a felony here in South Dakota to dispense with uh, abortion-related drugs in, in, into the state. And so that's an example of where attorney generals kind of come together. Uh, and we're obviously stronger, 20, 25 of us. And we had done that before. When I served as United States attorney, uh, Greg Abbott was uh, very instrumental in what we were doing on immigration and on our borders. Uh, we had, of course, the Obamacare health challenge. We did lose that five to four, but we won on the Medicaid expansion. Obviously, we've done very well on the Second Amendment. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm Obviously, that's dear, near and dear to me, and I plan to continue that as Attorney General. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to uh, coming up to your um, your pheasant hunt. I see the the <laughs> the pheasant behind you, uh, and I know uh, since we're connected on all the social media channels, I see the wonderful hunts you do around your great state. Um, the, how how have the numbers been? I know in Iowa, we've seen at least uh, up until this last year a real uh, decrease in numbers? Has it been pretty robust uh, as you get out in the field? It's been great. I mean, and part of it is we have a governor and Governor Noem that's really focused on it. I mean, it's become, you know, obviously part of our, our tourism here in South Dakota. And so we, we have good numbers. Uh, looking forward to having you up. Uh, we've uh, we've always done an Attorney General Pheasant on. I think this year was my 11th or 12th one. And um, yeah, I, I love to pheasant hunt. Uh, and when you live in the, you know, the Midwest and the, you know, South Dakota, it's a great opportunity to, to fish, to hunt, enjoy the outdoors, which is why 
on those Second Amendment issues and, and other, you know, uh, type of laws that it's easy for me as attorney general to join with other attorney generals to, you know, defend our state rights and individual rights. Yeah. And I always uh, enjoy, I mean, at least once a year, I run into somebody uh, through my travels that had been to a pheasant hunt in South Dakota. In fact, I was down in Palm Beach a couple months ago talking to somebody that had just been there for the opener. And I just, you know, each experience obviously is unique, but you guys really know how to do it because they're always talk about how amazing the lodge was, how amazing the food was, and how amazing the hunt was, and how great the dogs were. So, I mean, there are, so there's a recipe for how South Dakota does a pheasant hunt, and it's, it's everyone leaves very satisfied and singing your praises. We make lifelong friends. I mean, I have an opportunity. Many attorney generals uh, constantly come to the state and hunt, and I, I have an opportunity. If I can't join them on the hunt, I join them socially. And my dog, Remy, is about 10 years old. I have a chocolate lab that just absolutely loves pheasant season. Mm -hmm. You know, a great dog makes a huge difference, as you know, out in the field. And I look forward to being a regular at your uh, at your pheasant hunt going forward. What, um, what do you think is sort of the... The, the future of kind of conservative legal thought in the states? Where where do you see, is it just pushing back against kind of this ESG and woke agenda uh, that the left keeps trying to, you know, shove through uh, mostly the federal government, but in some cases the states, or is there are there other initiatives or, or plans uh, as you look at the, the future? Certainly that's one of the big issues, you know, and, and I reflect back and it, it hasn't changed. I mean, it's the concept of federalism. It's the opportunity that kind of the, the state power at, at odds with the federal government. And of course, I'm a believer that we make better decisions on the local level than we do on the state level. And we certainly make better decisions on the state level than we do in Washington. And, and that, you know, I live in a state where we have a balanced budget. I mean, we're, we're, we're financially responsible. You know, we're, we're fairly low on crime. I mean, we've got some addiction issues that are driven, we've talked about, by the southern border. Again, the federal government should have an opportunity to address that. So I think where you're going to see the attorney generals having the most impact and being so important is that state and individual rights. And that, again, goes back to the immigration issue. You know, Texas can handle those issues much better than Washington can with, with Governor Abbott. You know, certainly when it comes to the Second Amendment, um, we, we've got a handle on that with states' rights. We're a constitutional carry state and proud of it. I, I just had an opportunity yesterday to meet with several legislators regarding our enhanced carry and opportunities, including with the state of Washington. And so, you know, as you look back, state attorney generals have a very vital role in protecting those states' rights and furthering them. And, and unfortunately, you know, especially with the Biden administration, much like the Obama administration, we're at odds with them. And so there'll be a group of typically between 20 and 28 attorney generals that step up and defend those rights and oftentimes in federal courtrooms across the United States. Yeah. And I know um, that there's been some challenges um, at the national level with, I think it's called NAG, the National Attorney General's Association and and kind of, you know, the uh, the 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 management of it. And uh, is that something uh, that you participate in anymore? I know some of your colleagues were uh, trying to, you know, distance themselves from it. I've talked to Sean Reyes, for example, on Utah, who um, had some real concerns about what NAG was doing. Do you have any thoughts or experience with that as you kind of move forward? 
So I was chairman of NAG back in 2016, and it, it was run well. Uh, we were alternating Republicans and Democrats. We got a little off track uh, when they, they quit the, alt, the alt, alternating like that. And so there are legitimate concerns with NAG right now, the National Attorney General's Association. I have to be a little careful because I'm the AGA chair, and so I, I don't want to be critical, but you know, the concerns that I have as an attorney general is fiscal responsibility. There's a tremendous amount of money in the National Attorney General's Association driven by the, the, the 1998 tobacco settlement. For instance, in South Dakota alone, we get 20 to $24 million a year, so it's, it's significant money. We need to make sure that we're properly handling that, and to the extent it's available, that money should go back to the states. That's one of the big things you know, and there's a couple of other, you know, important aspects of NAG. When I argued the Wayfair case in front of the United States Supreme Court, I'm primarily a trial lawyer. So I needed an organization to get me ready for that argument. NAG is very good at training attorney generals for Supreme Court arguments, training assistant attorney generals. And so I think if that organization gets its house in order with finances and focuses on its core mission of getting AGs ready for the Supreme Court and training assistant attorney generals. I think that would then free up some of those dollars to maybe look at going back to the states. Uh, but certainly there's some reform needed. I'm one of those attorney generals that's stuck with the organization so far, but has an expectation that we need to make those reforms. And I'm a believer that you don't just say it, you gotta be a part of it. And that's why uh, I'm sticking with it to have a seat at the table. Uh, but again, those are significant dollars we're talking about. And I know there's reforms underway. Uh, Yost is currently the chairman of NAG, and I know he desires to make some reform. And, and I think we're going in that direction. And the AGA, uh, which I'm chair of, the, uh, the Alliance of Attorney Generals, that's a bipartisan group. Obviously, I'm a very conservative attorney general, but there are items that all attorney generals can come together. That Wayfair case that I argued in front of the United States Supreme Court, uh, that's dealing with the sales tax and the state's rights to decide that, was one of those examples where we had 46 attorney generals come together and say, Republican or Democrat, we feel that our state legislature should be making those determinations. Yeah. And there was a strong push, especially in that case, to not just have a discussion of the Commerce Clause, but to discuss about states' rights. And when Congress isn't acting or is failing to act, the states have the power to do that. And so I, I think there's a place for the National Attorney General's Association, but I don't think it's the place that it was back in 2016 when I was chair. I think it needs to be in reduced form and it needs to have some, some financial adjustments made so that it makes better sense. Yeah, and that'll, that'll make sense. And I, I, I totally agree with the sentiment that, you know, this it, it, there is a purpose for all the attorneys general to come together um, on certain issues and, you know, they, whether you're Republican or Democrat, um, obviously there's, uh, Raga and Daga, Daga, I think this is how they pronounce that. Um, I've never been to one of those meetings, so I don't know what they do with those meetings. <laughs> don't either. I've been to the Republican attorney generals be, plenty of times. I don't think we'd be welcome to that, Marty, but I, you know, <laughs> we could try to crash their party. All right. Well, I, I really appreciate you joining me here on Liberty and Justice. Uh, I, you know, it's, I've, I think I've um, tried to highlight a lot of the attorneys general around the country. I've had, you know, Ken Paxton and Sean Reyes, and um, I've had Brenna Bird uh, actually while she was transitioning uh, to become the attorney general in Iowa. And so you join a very distinguished list uh, of not only um, 
public servants uh, that are doing good for their, their home states, but also, um, you know, people that are true patriots and, and warriors for liberty. And so I thank you on behalf of the American people for what you do. I can't wait to come up to South Dakota and, and get a hunt in. Um, and I really appreciate you joining me today. Great to see you again, Matt. Always a pleasure to see you and uh, thank you for what you do.